Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and uh, my friend in the purple tie yes. is Hal Edward Runkle, sitting right over there. How are you today, Hal? I'm I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Of course, I said that it's a weekly podcast. I say that at the beginning of every single podcast, and yet the truth is, um, I have been negligent in my duties. We haven't done one of these in a long time. Yeah. It's been well, a while. I just like how you say that you're the one who's negligent. It I is like mine. That. I you owned that. Yeah, I'm owning my responsibility, responsibility here. That's yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> Because now I feel totally exonerated. And you, well, you are. Yeah, I mean, because you now. Uh, and and the truth of the matter is, we. It's not even like we've been traveling a lot. Normally, no, we, when we, we don't do, we, we. It's because we're gone. We're all over the world. Yes. But we're not. We, we haven't. Been, been. It's been an interesting season. Of course, we did have like Thanksgiving. I mean, things have happened. Sure. We had the big retreat that we did, yeah. and and uh, we had the Thanksgiving season. We, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, but here we sit on December the second. And uh, and we have much for which to be thankful for, and we've entered into that time of year, the most wonderful time of the, the year. Most wonderful. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. We, it's my favorite time of year. I am just happy as a clam from Thanksgiving through Christmas. Is that a thing? Happy as a clam? Yeah, and I think great. that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where does that come from? I, I guess because no they idea. look like they they're look smiling. Like they're Is that it? Okay, yeah, all, right, all right. So you're happy as a clam because you're smiling clam, all the time. My Absolute favorite time of the year. Are you, you're a big Christmas guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Very big Christmas guy. Now, now, um, do do you decorate the house like the Griswolds in the you know? Uh, Not the, the outside, but okay. Our inside is. So you can't see the outside of your house from from space, space or no. anything like that. No, we do have a tree, <laughs> just one tree in our yard that is completely lit up. Okay. Every branch, every and that that exudes some influence. And how, <laughs> some influence. Oh, yeah. Well, and and how many trees do you have inside your house? Just one. Just one. Okay. No, so I think we have a little one as well, but just one big one. Um, but we've got so we've got all the houses, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the little yeah the, the like little frozen village yes, kind of with thing. The snow. We've yeah. That. People ice skating and dressed in Victorian style and all that. Little Santas everywhere, and you and I share this. Mm -hmm. We both have a fondness and affinity for Christmas music, yes. right? And you just, in fact, I heard you announce just a, you know not too long ago from your office down the hall. I have eclipsed now. How many songs? Seven hundred. You have seven hundred songs. My holiday. I, when you said items, that, yes. I went and looked at mine. Mm -hmm. I have five hundred and eighty-three. Wow. So now I've got some catching up to do. Yes, because I discovered. Five CDs that I had that I had bought at the Metropolitan, the modern, no, I mean MoMA, the, the, the Museum, Museum of Modern, modern Art, Art, yes, in uh, in, in New York City or New San York Francisco. City. Okay, yeah. that I had bought, and it's and it's really cool. It's Renaissance Christmas. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another one is Collegium Musicum. Stuff. Yeah, medieval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas, yeah. as well as there's a jazz Christmas in there and stuff. So uh, I, it was like Christmas. Yeah, well, <laughs> Christmas before there Christmas. It is. I had all these, so I can add to the collection that is constantly looping. And then I get in the car, and it's on the Sirius XM. Yeah, holiday yeah, I got it. Channel. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I do you do holiday traditions or do you do holly? I uh, usually holiday traditions. Okay. And then when uh, when Vic Damone oh, goodness. comes on yeah, holiday yeah. traditions, oh, I switch yeah, over yeah. to holly. See, there are some Christmas songs that are just so beautiful, and so and some. Songs that aren't even Christmas songs; they're winter songs, winter yes. wonderland, and, and songs like that that are that are beautiful and traditional. I'm a very traditional River, sort yes, of guy. Yeah, the yeah, river. Yeah, uh -huh. 
But then there are some songs that... Sung by some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas makes me a little bit nutty. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, oh it, what it is I about him. I, no, I'm not a fan. I, oh, man. Not I'm a big a Burl Ives guy. Because he's the narrator of Rudolph. No, I, I, I got that. So, Silver and Gold and all of those kinds of songs so that he does in that. I can handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the... Have the holly oh, that, that yeah, the, have, up, the, the, yeah, yeah that's yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's it. It makes me want to stab someone with a fork. Wow, wow. For me, I mean, that, there's a million of those. So, I mean, we've, I think we may have talked about it before, but Christmas shoes just oh, yeah, needs to be <laughs> eradicated from the earth. Worst Christmas oh, song yeah. ever. And Christmas know, shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, For a lot of people, it's very sentimental oh, and it's very I know. yeah, yeah, I'm just sure. Like, why is yeah. This kid oh, it's in awful. A store by himself. <laughs> Right. What is going on there? <laughs> yeah, there is a whole backstory. You know, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's a, just so. Yeah. It is. It's it's like reaching into your heart and just pulling on certain strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That are guaranteed to make you sappy. And, and uh, I think you and I both share, you know, a, a certain measure of cynicism about uh, things that are emotionally manipulative. And so songs like there. that, like it, it seems I, as I, if the songwriters, and I don't know who they are, they, yeah, they may be really. lovely, wonderful oh, people sure who give money to cancer research or whatever, yes. but it seems like they sat down and said, we're going to write mm -hmm. a song, and it's going to be that song. Yeah. And like they pulled out every possible, Guarantee like what's the saddest tears. story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Child loses yeah. his mommy, doesn't have any money. And, and he wants to buy her a pair of shoes. I mean, the only so way she can they look make it nice worse when she meets reason, Jesus. Yeah, the reason why she's sick is because she was serving overseas that, and caught Agent right. Orange. I mean, that's she just. She'd that been like Dr. Brantley, yeah, who got exactly. the Ebola virus from. Yeah, yeah. she was giving yeah. of her time and service, and, and that's skills, how she got. That's sick. how she got sick. That's right. And now, I mean, yeah, I, oh. that song needs to be removed from, from the, the catalog. From the earth. Yeah, it would be nice if we just took a year and just like. And thankfully, didn't... I have not heard it yet. Well, you know what that means. No, I just ruined it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> On my own, I'm gonna switch over to Holly. Vic, and there, yeah. it's gonna be Vic Damone singing. Vic Damone and Burl Ives oh singing the Christmas shoes. That's bad. <laughs> but okay. I will pretty much listen through anything. Well, I will say that I did finally. Eradicate. I, I will occasionally erase things. Okay. You know, and, and on when on iTunes when it says uh, actually erase, yeah, 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 out yeah. Of, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, or erase from the cloud. And as what well. was it? The Clay Aiken Christmas. I didn't know you that I still had that album. Clay Aiken yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I still had that album. Wow. Why? I had Does that he album? do? Did he do uh, Tender Tennessee Christmas on that? No. Okay. Because it was, seems like that would be. That I don't know. It seems no, like that would be the kind of song. Oh, I guess is he yeah, from he North Carolina? All, no, yeah, he's from North Carolina. Okay, so right. he did because remember he he ran for uh, oh, that's Congressman. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, didn't make it. Did. But uh, I don't know why I had him. Yeah, but I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I had a couple of Kenny G Christmas songs. That what? Those have been removed. It's like I don't even know who uh, you are. I know. I know. Kenny I know. G. Yeah. Kenny G. I mean, it's one of those things where now some know. of our listeners, I'm sure, adore Kenny G and sure. Clay Aiken. And Absolutely. I'm sure they're they're good folks. And yeah. They just don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, now, obviously, obviously, uh, Vince Guaraldi is going to be. Oh, it's the first. Yeah. Thing I play. Yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah. Friday morning, 
after everything. But it's not like you're a total music snob with this stuff. You've got the Renaissance things. Sure. You've got uh, you've got some jazz things. But you also like you, you listen to uh, Mariah Carey. Oh, or, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. song's great. I yeah, love yeah. that. You know, it's the best modern song written. Yeah, I think it, it, except uh, this was a little known one, but. Uh, Amy Mann is one of my favorite singer-songwriters. Sure, yeah, yeah. And she has an album, One More Drifter in the Snow. Okay. And there's a, the last song, something Waiting on Mary, that uh, is one of my favorite of the recent contributions to the catalog. Okay. To the canon. And of, uh, mine would probably be Merry Christmas from the Family uh, by, um, oh my goodness, I can't think of his name now. He was roommates with Lyle Lovett, uh, Robert Earl Keane. Wow. Robert Earl wow, Keane's Merry yeah. Christmas from the Family. If you get a chance, okay. pull that up on YouTube and watch the video. Okay. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's Yeah, it's a trailer park sort of okay. Texas okay. kind of thing. You, right. I think you'll appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. and um, uh, because there's a, a, a Mexican character in the song, I resonate, resonate with that. With yeah, that. very deeply. Now, it is interesting that you are wearing purple and I'm wearing pink. Because, and I say that. We're men. I know. That's one reason why it's weird. We are men. Uh, But also, and you and I, I mean, we've talked about this in here before, that that you and I both come from Christian backgrounds, and we're both fairly active in our Christian communities. And we we don't talk about, you know, our our faith a ton in here, but we do talk about our backgrounds and our cultural heritage and things like that. And for the Christian community during this season of Christmas, it's actually not, technically, it's not Christmas season right now. Right. So technically, historically, if you if you're from a Roman Catholic background or a, a high church background or something like that, you know this, that according to the church calendar, Christmas time, Christmas season doesn't begin until December 25th. Yes. It goes till January 6th. It goes for 12 days. That's, That's where the song 12, 12 Days of Christmas comes from. Right? right. A lot of people don't know that. But this. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's the 12 days prior to. Right, but it's not. not. That's Christmas time, according to the church calendar. The season that we're in right now, historically... It is one of my favorite words, actually. ...is the word advent. Yes. From the Latin adventus, means a visitation or a coming, right? Where we also get adventure. Exactly. As well. Yeah. And uh, and so it is a great word. And um, Christmas, uh, uh, people have for centuries recognized the fact that Christmas is something you've got to prepare for. Yeah. And the colors that we normally associate, you know, red, green, gold, silver, those are Christmas season colors. Those are are end of December colors. Right. And the colors of Advent, ironically enough, are purple purple and and pink. pink. And we didn't do this on purpose. We just happened to be wearing these things. Well, that's fascinating. I know, right? There's a a hand, mysterious (laughs) hand, guiding our choices. Yeah, that's right. Um, to this moment. That's right. And what I thought or would be... You yeah, just, just I just see that we were wearing that, and you said, let's come up with a theme <laughs> for the podcast that makes sense. Of I actually, it was just, choice. it was even far more coincidental than that, I think. Um, uh, I, I, uh, uh, I wanted to, to uh, think about this for the month of December, for the podcasts we're going to do in December. Yes. Um, the four major themes of Advent are peace, mm-hmm. hope, mm-hmm. joy... And love, and I thought it might be interesting for this month for our podcasts to kind of address each of those themes, to address them obviously from a screen-free perspective rather yes. than from a religious perspective. Right. But there have been some things that have happened recently in the news um, that wait, I wait, thought wait, wait, before because you were about to go into the first one. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to talk. Uh, so we're going to have one on peace, one on hope, one on love, one on joy. joy. 
Yeah, that's what I thought we'd do for the next few weeks. I like that. Does that seem like sure, a decent, sure. decent outline for us? We try to discuss whatever's going on in our lives or in yeah, exactly. everyone's lives. Uh, through this through lens. Through this lens. Yeah. All right. And, and for those folks who do not have a uh, Christian cell in their body. Right. Right. The, but I think the Advent season is this preparation for an, a, the coming of... Something new. Yes. Right? Well, and the longing for the world to be the way it's supposed to be. Right. I think, again, regardless of your religious background, even if you have no religious background, we can all look out at the world and we can see things that aren't the way we wish they were. And it is a longing that many different societies and cultures have participated in. Yes. It's not accidental. No. That Christmas time as celebrated by the Catholic Church, was around the same time of the winter solstice, mm-hmm. and which combined with all the northern European Yule right. uh, seasons. Which really becomes a, it leads us into winter, which is exactly. a season of introspection. While you, know. you wait and long for, for the spring. coming of spring. Exactly. Yes. And so we are going to, in this kind of... Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to use a German word that I know you love. <laughs> that I love. Okay. Uh, uh, Zenzucht. Zenzucht. Yes. It's a great word. And it's one of my favorites, it, but it is this longing through uh, that I can't even really attach words to. But it is bittersweet. For... It, is, yeah. uh, it, it is hope, and it is also, uh, you know, kind of contrasted with some regret. It's melancholy. It's, uh... And also, because it, it, it is, it cannot be fully fulfilled. Right. If there's nothing, even when you get that thing you are longing for, you are still, and I'm going to throw that in, Yeah. you still have not found what you're, you're looking, looking for. for. Yeah. That's the U2 song, and that's I, I think that's an and One of the reasons why song. That, that song has been so popular for so long. Right. And it's been embraced by so many diverse communities is because it taps into that universal... Longing, longing for that yearning other. that would yeah, yeah yeah it's either an other in terms of a, of, a, of an actual person I'm longing for or an other in terms of the experience that I'm having it's an other in terms of uh, community mm-hmm. that I wish I could fully experience yeah right it is uh, that's why I think it all combines with one of my favorite seasons because this yeah. is the universal way of being it's I I don't know if we've talked about this before but. I love planning. In my my family, I love planning of events and trips. Sometimes I think I prefer the planning to the actual trip itself, you know, dreaming and what could it be. Yeah, exactly. And how the trip can, in many ways, not live up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the anticipation of it. And and that's that's kind of the best way I can understand this season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm longing for... Peace. Yes. Instance. Yeah. Exactly. And I think again, it, you know, yesterday was the fifty-fourth uh, anniversary of Rosa Parks' yes. refusal to uh, to move to the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and, 19, December nineteen fifty-five. And um, and so that you know ties us back to. Um, what what we try to do here at Screen Free is you know we celebrate people who have been those kinds of outliers, those kinds yeah. of change agents right. who have worked uh, to make the world a better place, whether it's Martin Luther King Jr. Right. or Rosa Parks or 
uh, Mahatma Gandhi right. or Abraham Lincoln, whomever. Um, Through and, the power of non-reactivity. Yes. And self-direction. Yes. You know, she made a, a determination for herself. Mm-hmm. She didn't make everybody stay on the front of the bus. She didn't say, all the black people have to... No, she just she, said, yeah, me. Right. I'm not going to. Yes. And uh, and so, uh, for for in many ways, I look back on that event and I think, man, we have come so very far. Here we live in a world where we have an African-American president. Right. You know, and... That would have been unthinkable in the 1950s. There Absolutely. Was, it was, it, it was completely unthinkable. Sure. And yet here we are, half a century later, and look how far we've come. Right. Well, yeah, and couldn't even, they couldn't even imagine a Catholic president back then. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. John F. Kennedy, was that was a big, big push for that. And then, and then uh, in, in just a few a years ago, we had a, a, a Mormon candidate of a major sure. party. That's huge progress. Sure. So we have... We have made progress in many, many ways. And, and the, the fact that uh, my kids are very good friends with multiple race, uh, with uh, people mm-hmm. with multiple kids of multiple races. My kids as well. Right. Indian friends and Pakistani right. friends and, and black friends and yeah. uh, Hispanic friends. And, you know, America in many parts of, the, of, of our nation is this grand melting pot. Yeah. And we have made so much progress towards that kind of peace, yes. towards racial harmony, towards greater gender inclusion, great those sorts of things. And yet, mm-hmm. last week also saw um, the verdict it came down, and it wasn't really a verdict, it was just that the grand jury determined Decision, yeah. that, that uh, there was not enough Evidence. to try this police officer who shot and killed uh, a, a black uh, youth, I guess, adolescent. adolescent, 19 years old, was he 19? 18. 18, uh, in Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. And the blowback from that, yeah. from that community, uh, with riots and looting and burning of stores. And, 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 and in many, many cities around the country. New peaceful, York City, peaceful yeah, peaceful, peaceful demonstrations here in Atlanta, here in Atlanta yes. and places like that. And, sure. and so that may lead us to think, well, have we made any progress at all? Right. So in light of some of these things that we're seeing, uh, whether it's from the Middle East or from St. Louis, Missouri, right. you know, uh, when we long for peace on earth, what are we really longing for? It's interesting to, one thing I do with all my clients is, is not to come out right and ask this, but through our conversation as I'm getting to know them, as we're getting to know each other, what I'm listening for in their particular expressions, is what they want most. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In so many ways, what we want is the clearest uh, definer of who, of we, who are. we are. Yeah. yeah. What we want defines who we are because you cannot really uh, determine what it is you want. Because you cannot, you cannot direct what it is you want. It's right. more of like discover. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you want is in many ways what you want. Well, and it's, uh, uh, yes, that's true. And uh, it's almost like what you believe. 
you don't really choose what you believe any more than you choose what you want. You just acknowledge it. You acknowledge that that desire is in there. You acknowledge, you know what, I kind of do believe this. Sure. But then there's also like Steve Jobs' mm. famous quote was, people don't know what they want until we show them what they want. Exactly. Nobody knew that they wanted a device they could carry around in their pocket that would hold all of their music, music collection. Right, right. Nobody knew that they wanted a program on their computer that would catalog all 700 of their Christmas songs and and display them in various yes. orders. No, nobody knew they wanted that right. until you saw it, and then you're like, ah, that's what I want. Sure, because what he did was he capitalized on what he believed they already wanted, but they didn't have a specific vision for how that want would come to fruition. Right. So what, he's going to give, what he said, I'm, we're going to give them this specific vision of what is already within them, this desire within them. And so you can you can shape what you want, but so well, many of us... and I think you do that. And, and also, I think you uh, you can intensify what you want by by behaving nurturing. in certain ways. By behaving what you choose to ingest. Yeah. In terms of what you it, read, you create you your watch, own appetite. What yeah. you listen to, what you eat, what you ingest into your system mm -hmm. will can shape and determine. Yeah. Right? So. As I'm listening for that, with all my clients, usually it comes down to what they want most is some form of inner peace. Inner peace. That's huge because for a lot of us, we labor under the, the assumption that peace is, is related to external factors. Yeah, and the, the problem is... They, a lot of times, we all do, we seek external change in order to create that inner peace. Because we think, if I can arrange my circumstances just so, yes. then I'll finally experience peace. And how we get stuck is that we believe, at some point, the lie that we have some control over these external factors, mm -hmm. especially when... We, the lie is that we have control over these external factors that when are, those factors are people are human. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right. If only yes. she loved me back. And I can win her back. I yeah. can do that. I can do right. enough to get her back. If only my kids would right. behave a certain way or appreciate what I've done, then we could have peace in our home. Yes. And when we all to some extent fall prey to that lie that we do actually have control, external control over those. Not realizing that when we think we have external control, we're actually giving control of us over to those external factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, so so this is interesting because uh, the other day I was speaking at a church, actually, and we were I was talking to them about uh, Caesar Augustus. Oh, yeah, who's the Roman emperor? Handpicked by Julius Caesar during the time when Jesus was son. born, right? Like yeah, was, yeah, yeah, adopted Julius son. Julius Caesar's adopted son. And uh, in yes. in uh, I think it was twenty seven BC. BC right? He closed or BCE BCE be. right before the Common Era. Yes. Um, it, he closed all of the temples to the Roman god of war, who's Janus, right. and declared world peace. And then he raised a standing army of 500,000 soldiers and dared anybody to contradict him. Right. Now think about this. 
we're going to have peace around here or if I have to else. kill every last one of you. Exactly. Peace, here's another uh, U2 phrase, peace at the point of a gun. Right. Peace that comes through manipulation, peace that comes through bullying, peace that comes through coercion or even violence. Yes. And we think if I can orchestrate all these circumstances so that everyone will fall in line and I will use whatever means I have at my disposal, whether it is physical violence or just sort of emotional manipulation, um, then we'll have peace. But that that's not what peace is. Well, because even when we get that, we don't get the inner peace. Right that we really do ultimately want. I want this sense that regardless of the circumstances around me, I can breathe. A uh, a, a peace in spite of yes. circumstances. Yes. That's what, or so anything. oftentimes, that's what virtue, what real virtue comes down to. Mm-hmm. Comes down to the virtue in spite of circumstances. That I am able to be a certain way, live a certain way, do things a certain way. Yeah, whether because that because it's coming from a place within me that is that transcends what my circumstances, whatever are. my circumstances. Yeah, right. Whether that virtue is courage or honor or sure, you know, uh, it, it's easy to be courageous when you're in the majority, and it's easy to be courageous when. You're not, you don't have an, uh, an obvious enemy. Right. And it's easy, or opponent you know, or I'm putting little general. air quotes around it. It's relatively easy to experience peace when, you know, you've gotten a raise and everything sure. is going well and your kids are getting good grades and sure. their teeth are straight and you don't have back pain and your spouse is loyal and, you right. know, all of those kinds of things. Right. It's when something is off and you have to still find the wherewithal to experience peace in spite of your circumstances, that's when you know you're really a virtuous person. Which is something that other Roman emperor later mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius. Right? That's something he explicitly said. It's interesting. I, I, God, I can't believe we're getting this ridiculously academic and intellectual. <laughs> because uh, way back when, I did a, I did a contrast of... Uh, Augustus yeah. and Marcus Aurelius. Okay. Because Marcus Aurelius was an emperor, but he was he was more a uh, philosopher yeah. than, than a warrior. And had a level of humility oh, that was, uh, it was very, very markedly different from the other Roman emperors who wanted themselves declared gods and wanted people to bow down and worship them and all that kind of stuff. Augustus saw that the peace that we seek came from the outside in. And so he enforced it right. with whatever means he had necessary, including a standing army of 500,000 people. Yes. And Aurelius, in many ways, saw that it starts from the inside out. Yeah. That it starts from within. And his meditations was I don't know, written 100 AD or 130 or something yeah, like that. It was that. a little after yeah, that. A little yeah. after that. Um, it, 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 these brilliant aphorisms about how we conduct ourselves, how we train ourselves to think in spite of. Right? Mm-hmm. or against the opposition we experience around us. It's still... And he looked at these communities, these marginalized communities of Jewish people, and at the time, right. Christians who were... It, it was it was illegal. They were outlaws. Yeah, small bands of... And he, he observed that they had a level of community that they experienced right. 
that that the regular Roman citizenry didn't. And he noticed that even though they were oftentimes impoverished, even though they were oftentimes oppressed governmentally, systematically, systemically, uh, tried to exterminate them, they still managed to experience a level of community. These virtuous behaviors were manifest among them in spite of their circumstances. Over against. Yeah. In in so many ways, it was the circumstances and having to... Um, find a way to have community when your community was outlawed. Have it, that clear, obvious opponent yeah. made it, I don't know, it crystallized what your task was. It, it, I think one of the things I, I see a lot of is because of the, the advances we have made in the last 60 years, mm-hmm. because there's not an obvious, clear injustice that needs to be taken care of Right. The, the police officers aren't coming through with fire hoses right. and, and releasing dogs right. on crowds of people who are, who are peacefully assembled. It's not obvious. Right. It's subtle. Yeah. Right. It's subtle stuff that we don't see. It's the, it's, it's the, the simple, subtle decisions to uh, follow up on a question to a young black man on the street yeah. that my son wouldn't get. Yeah. Right. Did you read that article? Uh, it was b- written by a guy who is a very, very well-paid consultant. He's an intellectual academic, and he and his wife are both Ivy League trained. Or they're both lawyers or something, but he wrote an article on, on how he thought that uh, giving his kids an elevated socioeconomic status in society would preclude them from experiencing any racism. But it doesn't. And he talks about it's just this, not as overt, like you said. It's not as yeah. overt, right? And so it's hard to motivate people to actively try to change something when the change that's needed is not in our face yeah. every day. It's not overt. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that uh, we always talk about how I wish people would come in for counseling long before they, they get into trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, by the time they come see... So a professional, they're bringing their marriage yeah. into my office, and the marriage is already on life support. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's very little to be done at that yes. point. That happens a lot. A lot. But when it's not obvious, when it is subtle. And here's the thing that gives us that, that subtlety is the absence of open conflict. Right. Which... But the, yeah, 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 yeah. But see, this is this. Peace. I think this is yeah. This is part of our problem is we have not defined peace properly. Yeah. Because we tend to view peace as simply the absence of overt conflict, right. rather than viewing peace as the presence of something. Peace is not a thing in most of our minds. Right. It's it's the absence of a thing. Yep, absence of an overt. Yeah, conflict. And so we think as long as there's no overt conflict, then we must have experienced peace. But, but deep down inside, something inside of us, something in our hardwiring knows that's not it. We're not satisfied with simply the absence of something. We long for the presence right. of something substantial. But we don't quite know how to put our finger on that. So what is peace if it's not just the absence of that overt conflict? <laughs> Got me. Well, the Jewish people would say it's the way things are supposed to be. 
which means justice. That, and that's a part of, of, of peace. And that is yeah. what has arisen in the, Ferg- in, the, in the aftermath of Ferguson. Yeah. Is Where is justice in the, this? And what role does justice play in this? Right. And that's the complicated part. And that was Martin Luther King Jr.'s marching yeah, orders as well. Yeah, cannot be peace without justice. Yeah. That is the miracle that has happened in many ways in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. it's not perfect. No, but far cons- from it. But considering mid-90s saw the worst, quickest genocide, genocide in, in human history, yeah. right? Uh, to, Piles to, of dead bodies stacked like cordwood on the side oh, of the road. Oh, I'll never, never forget this, the scene in Hotel Rwanda. Oh, uh, with Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don yeah. Cheadle. Brilliant in that movie. Um, We're talking about a movie that was hard to watch. Oh, my gosh. It was harder for me to watch that than it was 12 Years a Slave. 12 yeah, Years a Slave yeah. was really Which, hard to watch. There, 12 Years a Slave... Uh, a slave had uh, maybe five, I, th- I think uh, somebody said it was like nine minutes of that movie that were just intensely violent and difficult to watch. But because they came out of nowhere, yeah. the movie is going along, going along, going along, and then violence right. literally hits you in, you know, not literally, but, but it, I mean, just it, it, it erupts yes. so, so quickly that that's what took, I think, took the audience aback. But watching... Hotel Rwanda, you're right, it was a very different experience. But I remember, and I remember the scene that left me haunted so much was when he's driving in the dark in a van, and it's a mist and dark, and so he cannot see, And but they're going over speed bumps. And he and thinks. He realizes it's so many bodies strewn yeah. across that, uh, that even the roads haven't been cleared yet. Yeah. No, the dead bodies. Oof. Just, but the fact that now... There is a measure of peace yeah. in Rwanda. Well, what happened Peace was, not just being the absence of conflict, but now the growing presence of the way things are supposed to be. Yes, connection, right? Cross, connection and... Cross-cultural connection. And justice. And that's what was the key piece, was they recognized that uh, this was not going to change unless people were actually brought to justice. And, and so they had to have actual, so, so many, you can read about it, it's, mm-hmm. the trials of neighbors killing neighbors. And they couldn't put them all in jail. Otherwise, they would have right. put so many yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, there'd be more people incarcerated than, yes, than not. Yes. Because that's so many people got caught up in it. But they did not say, well, because of that, then we'll we just pretend. No, yeah. they wanted to name the deeds, right? Because yeah. that is the part of justice. Justice is not punishment. No, and that's again. That's when when we say those who have done wrong will yes. be brought to justice, we mean punishment, pu- punishment uh, uh, or and public humiliation. Right. That's what we think of as justice, right. which again says some terrible things about who we are as a society. Sure, but that's what we long for: vengeance. But vengeance is not justice. No, no. So, but when we get into these extremes where, well, then you're going to let everybody off scot-free? No. no. They're going to be named. Yeah. Right? You're going to be, you're going to name what their deeds were. Yeah. And you're going to have to face the families of, the, the leftover families of the person, the neighbor that you killed. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there were formal trials to that effect and then formal apologies. Apologies and forgiveness. Which cannot happen without justice justice yeah. that, that's one of the biggest mistakes and 
and we and it's an easy thing to do with your kids. But sometimes when you apologize to your kids, they will come back with, that's eh, okay. Yeah. And this is an easy, easy thing. No, it's not. It's not. It's it wasn't not okay. okay that well, I did no, that. It was wrong that I did it. Yeah. Right? And so uh, I don't. Uh, I would like for you to forgive me. Right. Not excuse me. And those are two different things. Huge. Huge. No, forgiveness means I'm going to name it as wrong and then choose to not hold it against you. Mm-hmm. That it is an active choice, and there has to be a clear it that I'm not holding yes. against you. Yeah. It's got to be named this, and so it's not okay. It's, I forgive you, meaning I will never bring it up again. I will not hold it against you, because see, what happens when we excuse, we hold on to it. Yeah. We, I, okay, I, okay, I will let you off on this one. This time. Yes. But, yeah. but if that, it happens again. Which means I'm still holding it. Yeah. Right? I'm holding it the whole time. Hoping you don't go there, you know, again. But ready for you if you do. Sure. So I can never really relax into this. There's no inner peace. Right. In that setting. When you're holding a grudge, you are not at peace. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the uh, Garrison Keillor quote that uh, withholding forgiveness is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the other person to die. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's, uh, and Beekner says it's, uh, for, or Lewis Mead says forgiving someone is setting a captive free and discovering that the captive was, was you. you. Yeah. And that is a path to peace. Yes. That is a path to peace. So, in anticipation of the inbreaking of this season, yes. right, something coming in right. to our lives, you know, that, that, Christians that, name it as Jesus. That, that right? uh, holds the promise of closing the gap. Yes between where our world is and where we all hope our world goes and becomes. And where we believe it should be. Yeah. Right. Is this... I have to be able to name that which I think is wrong. Yeah. I've got to be able to name that. Starting with me. And that's huge right there. Do I... Can I start with me? And recognize... I'm part of this system, and as such, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. You know, we, we say, until you're willing to admit that you're part of the problem, you can never really be part of the solution. Right. So can I begin with this, with recognizing that our world lacks peace? Yeah. And I recognize that I'm a contributing factor to that. That's the hard part. Yeah. That's the part we avoid. And, you know, the the overarching theme of Advent is waiting. We're all waiting. We're all longing for something. But we don't wait. We don't necessarily have to wait passively. No. For something out there. Like you said, winter is a time of introspection. Right. right. It's a time to investigate. And, and one of the, I will tell you, one of the most difficult injustice or, you know, events, certainly Ferguson. But I will tell you, for 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 me, uh, this Bill Cosby thing, oof, is messing with my inside. Sure, yeah. I don't want to live in a world where that happens, where somebody that helped raise you, yeah, every Thursday on NBC, right, and someone yeah. who did so much to close that gap. That existed between black people and white people in America. Absolutely. Could have done something... This horrific. 
Yes. And again, right now, none of us was there. None of us knows for certain, but boy. Yeah. <sighs> and I, I, there was a lawyer who posted, uh, Dean Obadiah, he's a writer for CNN, he's a lawyer. And yeah. He posted on you know, a question, what do you want to see happen? Now, uh, yeah. What now what? See, what? Now what? What do you want to see? And so people sent him this incredible range of responses. There is no, probably no legal recourse. No, because the last incident that has been discussed was was within the statute, statute of, of limitations. limitations but, but there's no DNA so, evidence. There's no. no yeah. There was not enough evidence to prosecute. Right. In 2005 or whenever. 2004. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, something like I that. I thought it was six, but it, somewhere in not ten enough, years ago, yes, give or take. Not enough evidence to prosecute, and then the civil course. The, uh, the, because uh, civil it was settled. Was settled, settled out of court. And as this lawyer Dean Obadiah said, he said, uh, "I think that's a, I think that's his name." I'm probably totally massacring this guy's name. <laughs> Sorry. Guy. Sorry, dude. So he said, look, there's no way that after that settlement that she could bring something up again. Part no. of that settlement was... Was a gag order. Yes. You can't ever bring it up again. Yeah. And you can't prosecute him, right? So in the absence of punishment... Right. And so what would, the biggest thing that people came back answering his question was, I want to see him speak. I want to see him address it. Yeah. I want to, I, I, I want it named. That's the big thing. Yeah. Not that I want him to, you know, uh, wear a hair shirt or flagellate himself or, you right. know, something like that. Because I, I don't want that. Right. But what we want in those kinds of situations is, and, and I think what what bothers us so much when we watch politicians, whether it's Bill Clinton or Gary Hart or... Right or whomever it, it has been over the course of however many years, we want an honest, a human moment. Yeah. I think that's what we want. We want something that's not spun, something that's not polished, something, we want a, a genuine human moment. And that's what I wanted with Lance, Lance Armstrong. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't want his trophies to be taken away. No, because every he, single yeah, cyclist he earned was those. Doing it yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We're all doing it, right? Well, and, and uh, Jose Canseco and all of those and steroid a, users, a, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, right? and, so, and all of that kind of stuff. There were other roids people. Pete Rose. And all, yes, you know, sure, I'm all of those totally guys. I'm fine with that. Uh, but I, I want to see it, you know, I want to see Barry Bonds admit it. Yeah. We got to see Lance Armstrong admit it. The way Mark McGuire did. Yes. The way Jose Canseco did. Yeah. Right. Now, Jose Canseco did it with a little bit of panache. I mean, he did it with you to know, sell kind books. of yeah, exactly. And right. he he didn't really ex, you know express any kind of regret <laughs> over it. You know, said it was legal. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, but just a, a a genuine human moment from these people because it's it, right now it's easy to turn Bill Cosby into some kind of monster. Yeah. Right, it's it's easy to turn these people to dehumanize them yeah. altogether. Because if you think about it, that is monstrous behavior. Yes, it is horrific. But think about this: being accused of uh, by uh, fifteen uh, different women, unless he is some kind of sociopath, and perhaps he is. I don't know, but odds are, he's not. And if he's not, then can you imagine the hell he lives with? Right, knowing. That he's the kind of person to do something like that. A genuine human moment 
would not only be healing for us who feel like we've been betrayed, but it might actually be the path to healing for him. Mm-hmm. And for the women. Yes. Who they've been living with the hell. Yes. That he created. The difficulty of trusting anyone. Yeah, the aftermath and the brokenness that they've lived with since that event occurred. Which I'm sure includes nightmares, includes depression, and includes anxiety attacks. Sleep, appetite, uh, an overall lack of peace. Yes. Because nothing is the way it's supposed to be. Especially when they then see his career. Because the, the kind of the, the narrative that they all tell is he was offering to help them with their careers. Right. Did, right. Took advantage of their desire. And then never really fulfilled but, that but promise. But then his career kept taking off. Yes. So I wonder, you see, if they're, this is, maybe this is to our point, is that uh, seeing him... And his career suffer, which it is happening right now. Sure. He just lost two different shows. Right. Which there were millions of And many appearances. To and Yeah, exactly. He's lost a ton of money. And, he's lost money. And been, certainly right. tarnished his reputation. But I'm guessing that without his, like you said, human moment of addressing it, admitting it, that seeing him get punished in that way doesn't bring them inner peace. Of course not. That's the, the, again, another one of the lies that we fall for is, I've had to suffer, so I want that one to suffer. And I watch him suffer, but there's no magic moment where you're like, okay, he's suffered enough. Right. Until, I mean, that, that magic moment doesn't happen until that other person has suffered so much that you remember their humanity. Yeah. Well, that was the magic of Dr. King. Yeah. Right? He said, you know, we cannot murder, murder itself. Yeah. We cannot hate hate itself. Uh, we can't hate hate out yeah, of existence. Hate won't drive out hate. Right. Only love does that. And love is not excusing behavior. No, it's of course not. It, but forgiving it. Yes. That, in so many ways, what, what I love, why I still follow Jesus, is because so far, it's the best story yeah. I've seen. This uh, That enables a path toward forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness through uh, a willingness to suffer. Well, and that's his story models it yes. for us in such an extreme way right. that it makes it seem possible for me, given my sufferings and the rejections that I've had to endure and, and things of that sort, if if that story can happen that way, when someone suffers to that extent and forgives, right. then it makes it seem possible for me to do it as well. But never excuses. No, of course not. Right. And and, and but there are other stories that people long uh, cling to that give them their path towards this. But the path mm-hmm. is still very very similar. Yes. Which I don't know if you saw. Pope just said. We all worship the same God. I haven't seen this. Yeah, look it up. This Pope is, is, he's super cool. And we all, it's all the same, you know, it's the the different paths have different names on it, but we're all searching for the same thing and we're all worshiping the same God in our own unique ways. We are still searching for 
that sense of inner peace, which can't come without forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Which can't come without justice. Which I believe can't come without confession. Mm -hmm. And that genuine human moment. And of all those things, of all those things, which can I do? Confession. Mm Mm-hmm. I cannot guarantee. I cannot uh, facilitate justice uh, on my own. Right? I, I cannot. Uh, now, this doesn't mean like you're not gearing up for some big grand confession right here, right? I mean, it's not like we're we're advocating everybody should you know buy 15 minutes of television time and and broadcast all of their I deepest darkest secrets to the world at large. No, I think the first confession and the most important one is just to yourself. Right. And that's the and maybe find a few trusted confidants, people, or, one. Yes. or even just one. Yeah, absolutely. Find a it. person that you can share these things with. You can unburden yourself. And, and with. maybe this, and before that, uh, exploring what do you need to confess by looking at what am I doing to contribute to the problems I complain about. To specifically for our purposes here, yeah. to the lack of overall peace in our world. Right. How have I contributed? You know. I still love the, the Mother Teresa quote, if you want to work for world peace, go home and love your family. Mm-hmm. That it begins around the dinner table. Yeah. Right. So searching for how am I, by refusing to focus on my contribution, how am I actually furthering the lack of justice? Mm-hmm. And that I think that this is a, an important piece to kind of end with, this idea that the peace on earth that we all long for, we can sit on our hands and we can wait for someone else to break in and Mm -hmm. bring it to us. Mm -hmm. Or we can begin now where we are in ways small and large, but usually beginning in small ways, to work towards that peace, to bring a little more of that peace into your home, into your office space, into your corner of the world. And brighten the corner where you are. And that is how we achieve peace on earth. All right. Well, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm themselves down so that they can grow themselves up so that they can get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week.